Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And, you know, people think huge trauma needs to happen before you can use therapy. But really, you can use therapy to get the tools before something bad happens. Visit BetterHelp.com mood and learn some new things to help navigate life. For this week's current mood convo, I am so excited to have Ryan Hayden on the podcast. She is a life and spiritual coach, meditation teacher, and a leading contributor at Poosh, Kourtney Kardashian's website. She assists her clients in achieving a happier, healthier, and more balanced life. She's a huge sought-after public speaker for corporate retreats, such as international talent agencies, CAA, wellness events for Visionary Woman and as well as taught meditation for a U.S. government sector event. She does private workshops such as Stepping Into Your Purpose. She actually talks about one she has coming up. That sounds so, so interesting. And her energy, you guys, is amazing. I felt like I wanted to hire her on the spot. Like, she is just so balanced and kind and insightful. She literally said everything I personally needed to hear this week. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. We talk a lot about coping with setbacks and insecurities. We talk about how fear and faith can coexist and basically just how you are kind of your own healer and you are kind of in charge of, you know, rewiring your brain and taking care of yourself. I think you guys are really, really going to love this current mood combo. But before we talk to Ryan, let's talk best mood and worst mood of the week. I feel like I always need to explain best mood, worst mood now because we had the merch drop, shoplaurenelizabeth.com, that said best mood, worst mood. And I remember getting one DM and it was like, can you just do best mood because I don't want to have worst mood on my crew neck. And I was like, girlfriend, you're missing the point. Worst moods are actually good too because they make you grateful, even more grateful for your best moods. And you wouldn't have best moods without the worst moods. You have to live in the gray. Not everything's black and white. When you put best and worst together, you realize life is kind of balanced and it's good and it's okay. So that's why we always do best and worst because you can't be best all the time. You'd be psych- you'd be a psychopath. You're human. You're going to have best and worst moods. It's about kind of reflecting on them and recognizing them, taking the good out of the worst mood and reflecting and finding the best mood in your week and being grateful for it. My best mood this week was setting the intention of just being fun and loving, easy breezy, just keeping everything light. I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself in every single aspect of my life, which I've talked to you guys about. So instead of just being patient and present, I wanted to take it to the next level and be even more light and easy breezy. And I set the intention of just like being fun and loving because you guys always know that I like to come from a place of love, not fear. So I was like, okay, let's just be like loving about everything. There's always an opportunity to learn through love, to lead with love and just be fun. Just like keep it light, keep it easy. It's not that deep. It's not that serious. Everything's going to be fine no matter what. Everything's going to work out. Whenever I let go, things always fall into place. So in the meantime, like why not just like have fun and be loving and so I set that intention towards like the end of the week because I was really really tired this week and I'll get into that a little bit in my worst mood but once I set that intention and I just actually specifically and intentionally took the pressure off of myself decided I'm just fun and loving I'm easy breezy 
whenever I say easy breezy, I want to say beautiful cover girl. I'm easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. And it's just everything's going to be good. And I had such an amazing end to my week. I had so much fun. Shocker, set the intention for fun and you'll have fun. Not in a pressure way, just like in a way to reground yourself, like we say, you know, like bring yourself back to that if you are feeling otherwise. Not like putting your pressure, not putting pressure on yourself to be that. And I just had such a fun and loving weekend. Like genuinely, I had, I let go, things fell into place and I was able to enjoy them in a fun, loving way because I set that intention and I took the pressure off and I let go and it was really, really my best mood. And it also is like that little thing too of when you set the intention and you do return to it, you add this extra layer of you're proud of yourself because you saw it through and you returned to it and you let it keep you grounded. So it's like this elevated best mood. And then my worst mood was this like procrastination avoidance. I feel like I'm such a procrastinator. And if you're also a procrastinator, you know we procrastinate because at the end of the day, we always get our shit done, right? And it's just like this worst mood because instead of getting what you need to get done done, you put that pressure on yourself that you need to get it done. You don't get it done. You avoid it. And it becomes like so much bigger than if you just like actually got it done, which is like so counterproductive. It's such self-sabotage for a mood. And it's fucking annoying, honestly. Like it really is like something that I annoy myself with so much, but like they always say, like, what is it, like, uh, being psychotic is, like, doing the same thing over and over again and accepting um, a different, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's like, hello, like, Lauren, can you just, like, stop avoiding shit? Like, you're going to feel like shit, 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 you know? I just want to just kind of say it three times. It just, like, felt good. So that was definitely my worst mood, and I think that Part of it is if I really want to honor my feelings and I don't want to do what I think I need to do, that's when I let go and I honor my feelings by making a choice. And I'm like, if I really don't want to do this and this, I feel like I can't do it to my best ability, I'm not going to shame and judge myself and label it as procrastination, label it as me being lazy. I'm going to accept that and make a choice to take time and deal with it later so I can do it better, right? Like that's one option. The other option is like, you're literally making it worse and self-sabotaging, get your shit together, get up and do it so that you can just relax afterwards. So it's kind of like finding the balance between those two because it's not putting this pressure on yourself of like, oh, I should just do everything because that's like a burnout mechanism as well. And so I think it's finding, you know, okay, do I need to do this right now? Do I need to not make a choice? Stick with it. Don't shame. Don't judge. Just honor what you're feeling. And like sometimes honor honoring what we're feeling is doing the thing like that, like maybe is harder or that we don't want to do, but we'll be happy we did it and got it done. That's why I feel like that was probably the choice a few times throughout the past week for me. And I didn't do it. So it turned into this worst mood of like waking up and thinking of the things that I should have done and not in a way of like putting this pressure on myself of like genuinely like, okay, like make the time you're making it worse. You're making this worse for yourself. So such a worse mood. You can clearly tell that like there's this pressure coming from myself even when I'm talking about it, making it worse, kind of spiraling a little bit. And that's why it's like you really need to make the choice of like, okay, listen to how I'm speaking. I clearly just need to get it done and get all the things that I don't feel like doing done because I'm even spiraling just thinking about it and talking about it out loud. Psycho. Focus on the best mood. Get rid of that worst mood if you can. Okay, I want to talk to you guys about the Current app because it is freaking insane. It's an app that lets you manage your money on your phone. And Current believes banking should be more accessible and affordable and obviously no surprises and no minimum balances. It's like super easy to use on the app and then it gives you a debit card that gives you the flexibility, freedom, and faster access to your money. And it's all those things you love. So you can earn points when you swipe with your debit card, there's no fees, over 40,000 in-network all-point ATMs in the U.S. They have, helping, they have helpful spending insights, and it's 
The best part is it's really easy to create saving goals, including the ability to round up purchases to save extra change. I was just talking to my friend about this when we were talking about saving money because we want to go to Europe next summer. And I was like, why don't you use an app that just like rounds up your change so it's like barely anything you notice, but over time it obviously is going to accumulate into stuff and you're like not even doing anything. It's like literally genius and their app does it for you. And with a current premium account, members can enjoy direct deposits up to two days early and overdraft up to $100 without overdraft fees. So it's like literally stepping into the 21st century, you guys, and being smart with your money and having someone that's on your side. So for a limited time, I've partnered with Current to give away $500. That's right. Current is going to give away $100 to five listeners of my show. So all you have to do is download the current app and enter my code MOOD during sign up for a chance to win. Remember that's MOOD during sign up and winners will be awarded soon, so don't wait. Download the current app, sign up in less than two minutes and enter code MOOD for a chance to win. Just visit current.com slash MOOD for full terms and conditions. Current is a technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by Choice Financial Group and Metropolitan Commercial Bank. Members FDIC. Faster access to funds is based on comparison of traditional banking policies and deposit of paper clicks from employers and government agencies versus deposits made electronically. Direct deposit and earlier availability of funds is subject to payer support of the future and timing of payers' funding. Overdraft is available only on current premium accounts. Please refer to overdraft features, terms, and conditions. Now let's talk about mood boosters. Mood boosters make the world go round, you guys. They really do. They really, really do. Honestly, this keeps popping in my head. And so I think I just have to acknowledge that it's a mood booster. Because as much as I like love being in California, I love being with my friends. I love being with my boyfriend and my boyfriend's family. I am like really excited to go home. I finally booked my flight. And I think that was a mood booster of just like having a plan. Because I'm a man with a plan. And I always say man plans, God laughs. So it's like I don't get too you know, strict with my plans. You know, I just let go. And I let life flow. However... I'm really excited that I'm going home and I'm not going to be home for long, but it's just like exciting because there's exciting things coming up. You know, you guys always know I get excited about exciting things coming up. I'm just, I try not to live in the future, but I think we're allowed to be excited about things that are coming up. Right. Right. Anyway, I booked my flight home. I'm so excited to see my dogs. I'm so excited to see my little brother and I get to see my best friends And one of them is getting married. So it's like something we've been waiting for for so long is finally here and happening. And I'm just like so excited about that. I think it's definitely going to be the opposite of a mood booster when I get home and my apartment's like a literal fucking disaster. But like, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on kissing Nugget and Stella and snuggling them up, being reunited with my air fryer being reunited with my treadmill and doing 12 free 30 that's the only problem with traveling and doing airbnbs is there's like no treadmill and it's like sometimes I don't feel like figuring out what I want to do for a workout so I got kind of used to having the gym in the building you know it's like you have to like adapt and overcome and like sometimes I just like don't adapt and like go to sleep when it comes to working out we'll figure it out but that's a mood booster is being excited to go home on Monday and see my dogs and see my friends and see one of them get married I mean love is like literally what makes the world go around and I have to figure out what is the best waterproof mascara because I will be bawling my eyes out as she gets married my next mood booster I know this is going to sound like really lame but honestly it's my Ugg slippers and I'll tell you why because Like I said, I'm traveling, so I'm going back and forth between L.A. and San Diego, and there's something that makes you feel like you're kind of, like, settled and normal and in a routine when you're traveling with slippers. I always thought it was so dumb to, like, pack slippers because I'm, like, I'm not going to be there for long. Like, I'm not going to walk around. I'm not going to make myself at home. Why would I need slippers? That's, like, a home thing. But then I decided to do the exact opposite and get slippers, and now it's, like, I feel like I'm making myself at home no matter where I am. It's like this mood booster that just like kind of grounds me where I am and allows me to just be here and be present and obviously super fucking comfy. I mean, there's nothing better than an Ugg slipper. And you guys know I love fashion. I love style. I love slippers specifically when it comes to those two words and slides. And it's just like, there's nothing like a motherfucking Ugg. There's nothing like it. Why is it a mood booster? Why is a fresh pair a mood booster? You know why? Because I'm a basic 
bitch, and I don't care who knows it. It's spooky season, and Uggs are a part of spooky season. Pumpkin spice is a part of spooky season. And if that boosts your mood, if being a chuggy girl boosts your mood, let the good times roll, sister. So, yeah, my Ugg slippers. And as I'm talking about this, I'm like, I'm going to go get an actual pair of Uggs because I ruined mine last year, and I deserve them. I really shouldn't go back to the mall. But I want more Uggs. They boost my fucking mood. I don't know why I feel so defensive about it. My next mood booster is this Patchology hand masks. When I get facials back home in Chicago, which that reminds me I need to book one, I I feel she puts these... um, like hand masks on where you like you slide your hand into a thing and it's all mushy with like serums and good stuff and I'm always like okay like I really need that because I love my necessary hand cream I bought that last week and I've been using it and then I was at Blue Mercury and I saw these patchology hand masks it's like for you know your fingernails your hands your cuticles and they're like self-warming and you put them on and I put them on when I put on my TV, because you guys know I love kind of like a self-care moment in bed. It kind of like, you know, makes you like put down your phone when I'm using my light mask. I didn't pack that. That was a party foul. And so I put them on and I was watching TV and A, they worked so well. I woke up and my hands looked amazing. And B, it was just like such like a nice like self-care relaxation, living in the present moment, not touching my phone. But the reason also it's an extra mood booster is because my anxiety makes me pick at my fingers. And it's no bueno. I've talked about this before. I have a cuticle picking problem. I have graduated and I use cuticle cutters. I have a cuticle cutting problem. And if they're really, really dry, it makes me want to cut them more, even if I, they don't need to be cut. It's just like the dryness that I can see. Like if I, you know how people say like, see something, say something. It's like see cuticle, cut cuticle, you know? And so I have to moisturize them or else I see too many. And then I end up um, cutting too much of my finger off. Like to the point where if I committed a crime, I probably wouldn't leave fingerprints because I've cut so much skin off my fingertips. I'm insane. I need to like not have a podcast. This is too much. Anyway, I loved it so much. I went back to the store. I bought another one because they made my hands so hydrated that I can't see any cuticles after cutting them. Like there's no dry skin that I can see. So I think it's going to help me not cut them and not like focus my anxiety on my hands so much. Um, It's just like OCD tings. (laughs) And so that is my little mood booster section for this week. And I hope you, you know, just like... (laughs) kept up with it maybe took a little grain of salt from it you know if you've got a small business you know there's nothing more valuable than your time so stop wasting it on trips to the post office stamps.com makes it easy to mail and ship right from your computer so save time and money with stamps.com send letters and packages for less with discounted rates from UPS. USPS, UPS, and more. I personally love stamps.com because I do a lot of shipping. I actually had to ship like, I think like five boxes from my boyfriend's parents' house to Chicago before I go home. And that would be a stressful thing because my cousin's counting on me to do it. Hi, Chloe. But you guys, I use stamps.com. It's easy. Since 1998, stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. I'm a small business and I have to ship samples and merch and make sure it's on time for so that we get so that we get stuff out to you. And stamps.com brings the services of the US Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, stamps.com will make your life easier. All you literally need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With stamps.com, your new rate advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Option. You guys, you have to save time and money with stamps.com. There's no risk. With my promo code, Mood, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There's no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Mood. That's stamps.com, promo code Mood. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Okay, guys, let's jump into our current mood combo with Ryan. She is absolutely amazing. You guys are going to just 
love it. I, I'm so happy she came on the podcast. So please, please enjoy Send to a Friend. And here is Ryan. You're also burning, I believe, Palo Santo I right now. I'm just, I had a lot of clients and I had another TV show this morning. So I'm just like, just making sure like it's just you and me here in this now moment. And there's not other energetics in our space. So when you light the Palo Santo, do you, like you have to like say anything in your head or like set an intention or if, when I'm like lighting it at home because I also like the smell of it, is it working for me? I have worked with it for so long that it knows what to do. Like it's just like clean and clear, clean and clear. And then I set shields in the morning and I'm like, so I'm not picking up other other things, but I know that space around us can. And so... Um, that's how it works. I'm like right now we're talking and I wasn't saying anything, but I usually do. I usually think it or I say a mantra, but I think my Palo Santo is intelligent. It knows to immolate anything that disintegrated. It, it knows you. You guys, it, it does. We're like, we got a shorthand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You guys do. spend enough anything time together. Mine's, unconditional love. God, mine only that? knows to like make my apartment smell really good. Um, so maybe I'll start telling it better things to clear the energy. I, 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 I kind of do a little bit. I think bit. it's been doing, that's its mission. That's its purpose. So I think it probably knows to do that, whether you set that intention or not. I think it just cleans and clears anything that's not resonant with you. You know, I love it. Well, you're, you know, obviously so just spiritually in tune enough to have your Palo Santo know what to do, but also to create an incredible career out of it and help so many people in the process. And how did you get to this point? When did you start your kind of like life coach? Was it the speaker before the life coach? What is kind of your journey? Well, let's see. I've been on the spiritual path for a super long time. I feel like I had my, um, you know, a classic Kundalini awakening at 17. So I've been kind of grappling in the dark twisty roads of the spiritual path here and there. And so it's not been like just this love and light show of rainbows and crystals and singing bowls. And like this whole time there's, it's like, it's a context. Spirituality is a context to manage life on life's terms. Hopefully, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, most times, um, my God, it's what a, what a prism, what a lens to work off of. And so I'm grateful that it came to me early, but I didn't quite know what to do with it. I'll say through my twenties, it was just like wreckage everywhere, you know? (laughs) Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't preclude you from those activities, those extracurricular activities of, uh, (laughs) dark nights of the soul and all of that. It doesn't, (laughs) but it does, it did quickly, quickly create, like when I went off the path, it quickly gave me, um, a context to come back. So the off point was, I like to think a shorter distance, Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I'm like the Joker now with the riddles and stuff, but it it definitely <laughs> when I found myself off my center, as I as as happened many years and many different instances in my twenties, I found that because of my spiritual path that had happened earlier on in my life, it was a shorter distance to get back to um, that place of connection. You know, when I was disconnected back in, and if you don't know what that is, and if you don't have a, a spiritual life, if you don't have, you know. Um, that baseline, it's harder to come back from, I think. So it's like, I'd have a terrible relationship. I go through it, uh, you know, falling off the beam, if you will, but then I'd like have a reframe that would bring me back to my, my, my spirituality mm-hmm. reframe back to, you know, seeing things from a spiritual perspective and the context and all those th- things. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, so I don't know if that answered that question, but how did I come to this? Let's see, you know, I, um, on one of my journeying roads that I had, I fell into addiction. I said, we weren't going to talk about that. And I'm just talking about it because it's how I roll, right? I'm in the moment. Um, and I did. And so it's been 18 years since that, that bottom, if you will. And you know what? I qualify that addiction of like, I used anything, a lot of different things, be it shopping, spending, food, relationships, uh, substance, whatever I could use to mitigate the big feelings Um, and even though I had that spirituality and I think spirituality, so much of it is about, you know, um, getting into a conversation with your shadow, getting into a conversation with the dark parts of yourself. It's not just like, Oh, ascend to the light, ascend to the light. Like that happens as we keep clearing out the dark, as we keep, you know, um, creating more space for our weakness, our humanity, our traumas our you know, all of that. So I think they, that's, 
those two things, light and dark, coincide together. Um, I think sometimes the spirituality gets a bad rap in that we think it's just about yoga and meditation and breath work. And those are incredible tools um, to help open, crack us open. But if you're not doing that other work underneath there, it's not going to hold. It's just going to be a fun mm. weekend retreat. You know, it's just like, it's not gonna, you're not going to, it's both. You have to be willing to embrace both to really be on that journey, I think, for me anyway. And that's how yeah. I work as, a, as that. So in my, after that, after that bottom, so to speak, that I had, I started learning this new blueprint. And as I was doing it, part of that program is to work with other people that are suffering, mm. that are having a harder time than you. So as soon as you learn something, you turn around and you present, you give it back. And so that really created that um, system within my own self of checks and balances is as I progress along, I turn around and I give it to a sister, you know, um, and then she turns around and gives it to hers. It's this beautiful golden chain mm. of recovery and spirituality and um, tools for living. So that's that. And then I did that for many, many years and I loved it so, so much. I loved working with other people and certainly women, mostly women at that time. And then somewhere along the way, I found hypnosis. Hypnosis is a huge um, blessing, I think, because we're working with the subconscious mind and that's kind of always running point, runs 95% of our life underneath everything else. <laughs> so if you're not in conversation with your subconscious, um, it's going to be redirecting things all the time. And it's incredibly frustrating, certainly for people who come on the path and saying, I'm doing everything right. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's see what, what's the messaging in your subconscious. So I found a great hypnotherapist during that time. And I really was able to close loops in my programming in my behaviors and my compulsions and my relationships. And I saw, um, not just the other work I was doing, but it just really complemented all of that in a really beautiful way. Cause I was one of those people that had read all the self-help books, had, had done all the retreats and had been, had the spiritual path but I couldn't quite um, manage those subconscious, that subconscious programming that was really um, running show, running, running the show, you know? Um, I so. mean, I'm sure it's like a, well, first of all, I love what you said about the yoga and the breath work and stuff like that. Just obviously acknowledging what we could even just say the media, I guess, makes spirituality just automatically woo woo, quote unquote. And I love how you just are like, yeah, no, like those are great tools. And of course, that's what you assume. But if you're not doing the stuff behind the scenes, it's like, it's like not really knowing what the tools are for and just kind right. of like using them, but you're probably not actually building the chair like to the best to, you know, where you could sit on it. Oh my that's God, right. that was good, Lauren. Thank you. Um, and, but you know, I know this is going to sound silly, but I actually did just read, I read a lot of, um, just like silly books or whatever and not like self-care like stories and it was the hypnotist love story oh. it's from the author that did like nine perfect strangers and big little lies but mm -hmm. she obviously you know like worked with a hypnotherapist just to make sure her character was like done out well and everything and even just like reading like about that and her and the character in the story obviously having people like not believe that she's capable of it I feel like when you say it's working with the subconscious mind it, it kind of like takes that like misconception automatically out of like the like you know like witchcraft like woo woo like just what you would automatically assume when it's just kind of said of like you're working with the subconscious mind so do you did you start practicing hypnotherapy with someone and then do you can can like anyone just learn how to do it and work with people to do it because okay. like yeah, you know what I mean because I feel like people that. would auto I feel like people would automatically be like, you have to have a psychic gift to do it. I mean, no, that would be my first thought. Psychic happening. You're all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Okay. That's just like one of the like tenets in the hypnosis world. So we're always in trance states, we're often in trance states. And it happens more often than you even know throughout your daily life. So um, just normalizing it. So we have like all these states of brainwave activity. And so all we're doing right now, you and I are in beta, below that's alpha, and then there's theta, and below that's delta. Everybody knows delta sleep. So you're just going through these brainwave activities, which we pass through throughout our day and night. When we're going to sleep at night, we, we go through all of them to get to delta, mm. and then you move back up the scale. But it just so happens that one of those brainwave activity states, theta, is the most impressionable, and that's where the subconscious 
kind of, you know, you can upload new ideas to the subconscious. So a hypnotherapist works with the theta state, but you can too. So I mm. love what I do. I hypno I, there's a time and a place to have a hypnotherapist, but if you're not ready for that, then start working with your own subconscious and program it for good in your own time, in your own way. Do it when you're going to sleep, do it when you're waking up. In, as you're moving through that, that's when you say your affirmations. I always say this on, I'm, I'm, you know, I just feel like people should become their own healers. You know, I hold tools that I can be like, Hey, you try this just like people in front of me have done the same. But at the end of the day, you are your own healer. You're that what you seek. And so, um, here's a tool, learn self-hypnosis, put yourself into that theta state. You can do it through breath work. You can do it through visualization. You drop yourself into that very impressionable state and really from that place, create the life that you want. You can close uh, loops on patterns and behaviors and addictions and all sorts of things there. It's very, very, it's not magical, but it's definitely a way to push yourself forward on a path when you felt like you've been spinning your wheels, doing a whole, whole lot of other things. Well, cause I saw too on your Instagram earlier today, it was, you did a post about, I mean, I'm totally going to butcher this cause I don't have it pulled up, but it was essentially about kind of controlling your subconscious mind, maybe controlling is not the right word, but when it comes to like relationship, like patterns and habits, because you're like trying so hard, you're quote unquote doing everything right, but you keep having, whether it's like triggers or red flags. Do you know the post I'm talking about? Cause I'm totally butchering it right now. <laughs> oh no, it's all good. But when it comes to the relationships, here's the thing. When you're from zero to seven years old, you're in that theta state all the time. So you've picked up everything mm. you need to know about life, be it safety, security, and you're looking at your parents, you're mostly looking at your primary caregiver. So chances are you've laid down all your tapes around what love should look like for better or for worse, my friend. So it's really, you know, just knowing that that's running point, like a tape underneath the surface of who you think you're attracted to. It's really just your subconscious recognizing um, a pattern of behavior that it identifies as familiar. And then you're like, Ooh, that person's I'm attracted to them. Ooh, they, but it's really, you can see, it's just the subconscious calling that to you manifesting. I'm doing that in air quotes for those of you listening, manifesting, um, that person, but it's really trying to work out that those primary relationships a lot of times. So if you want to be in a powerful, beautiful, amazing relationship, um, you might want to take a look at what were your primary relationships growing up. And one of the quickest ways of renegotiating that is hypnosis. So Ooh, I love the word renegotiating that, right that. I love, I love that renegotiating that quick break to talk to you guys about better help. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe stuff that we're talking about right now in the current mood convo is making you feel like you need more. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist, and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com mood. That's BetterHelp to join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Don't forget the special offer for mood listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com mood. Back to the podcast. Because it's I don't know. I just, I love that. I mean, I, you know, we do obviously talk a lot about relationships on the podcast, but I think the one thing that stuck out to me a lot more so just because I feel like we talk about it so much in general on mood is kind of like coping with setbacks and insecurities. Cause for me, I think that in any relationship, whether it be with a family member, a friend, whatever it is, just like even my relationship to work, like any, 
literally everything that I do in my life really comes back to this like programmed insecurity. And it's like, it kind of, that's why it kind of reminded me of that Instagram post because I was noticing like, at least I have some of the tools to at least like look at my thoughts, maybe not as much yet in the moment with the newly new awareness of my insecurities, like affecting how I communicate and everything. But, you know, I love that you kind of talk about the, how fear and faith can coexist because we talk about replacing it a lot on the podcast. And then also just kind of like dealing with like the insecurities and setbacks. Cause for me, those words are also tied to fear and also tied to the subconscious mind. So it's just so like curious to me. It's like, I kind of, it, like, I kind of have the tools, but I don't really have, like, at least I'm aware on some level, I guess, like maybe it starts there. Um, but do you agree that the fear and faith topic kind of relates to the setbacks and insecurities or are they like totally separate? Hmm. I don't know, but I think you're onto something with the noticing because it always starts with awareness, right? If we don't, mm-hmm if we aren't aware of our stumblings, if we aren't aware of how our thoughts, you know, we have 35 and upwards thoughts a day, 35,000. And some people say 70,000 unconscious thoughts a day, most of which are just negative, 85% are negative and they're subconscious. So it's just your subconscious, just off gassing all the time, you know, all these ideas and you're not good enough. It's usually that, that is the usual, mm-hmm. just so you know, it's, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. It's the, the it usually skews to that. Um, so you got to push against it and you got to have awareness. It starts there. Just notice it. Oh, wow. Why am I thinking that? Why did I just saw that girl in jeans? And then I was like, wow, my jeans look like shit on me. Like it just really goes like that. I need to lose weight. And why can I lose weight? I can never, never, it's like, that's how thoughts, the monkey mind works. So it's first of all, having awareness. What was the thought that caused the feeling and just starting to get in a, in a conversation and it is exhausting. It's as exhausting as you think it is to get to start to wedge this idea of I am the thinker, I am not the thoughts. And I have Mm. some control when I start to become aware of, um, not control, but I have some power, if you will, some latent power, because beyond the thinker, I am, we'll move into the spiritual piece of this, I am the being. And the thought, I am not the mind. The mind is a slave to my soul. And instead we have this inverted you know, and then some people have the body becomes the slave to the mind or the mind to this body. Like it's just, we, sometimes these things are just out of whack and out of sync and what we really need to go back to. And that is, this is true spirituality is I am a soul having a human experience. We have heard this, but let's remember it. So I'm more powerful than my 35,000 stupid thoughts. I'm more powerful than my subconscious mind. These are, these are mechanisms within my, within my being that are supposed to be working for me. They're not, Mm. I'm not a slave. The soul is not a slave to those mechanisms. And that's what that, that's what awareness does. It creates this. Oh, wow. 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 I'm identifying with every single thought I'm having and I'm thinking that's me and it's not, it's not me for God's sakes. You know, I am this being having this experience and why we talk about meditation being a tool is because the more you meditate you start to just observe your thoughts and it's painful. Nobody likes to do it. It's boring to sit and see on the screen, all these thoughts, like I've got to do laundry and I've got to do this and I've got to do like, that's why people say I'm not a good meditator. Nobody is like, we're used <laughs> to letting our thoughts run point. So it's just allowing the thoughts to be noticing space between the thoughts, staying with the breath. I mean, there's all kinds of meditations you can do, but it's really creating that focused awareness that, I can create space between thoughts and I am not the thoughts themselves. And so when you get up off the mat of meditation, not only have you checked the box of doing that, but then when you're moving about your day, a thought's going to come on your screen. And because you've created that detachment between you and the thought itself, you can say, you know what? That that thought sucks. I'm going to choose not to choose that thought. Instead, I'm going to remind myself, you know what? You are good enough and I love you. And that's enough for today you know, or whatever it is. And that's corny, but you can, you find the, the, the antidote to it and you're not Mm -hmm. a slave to it anymore. Does that make sense on the ground, boots on the ground in the trenches? That's how you do it. And it takes work and nobody can do it for you. There's no magic pill. Hypnosis can help therapy, how all these things help. But at the end of the day, it's this meticulous work and it does get easier. Once you start doing it, you start to create 
the, you become the witness, you become the observer. And that's a great place to be when a lot of us get triggered in our life. And we feel like our feelings and our thoughts are on top of us. And um, when you can start observing, that's when you step into your power. That's when you decide, you know what, this person, I'm feeling triggered right now. This person is saying this, I'm feeling this. Wow, I need to really practice self-care right now. What do I need right now? Wow, I need to, I need to walk away. I need to breathe. I need to do that. Like you start to create this conversation with you rather than, you know, we're so externally focused and we allow all our thoughts to dictate these ridiculous realities and projections all the time. So do you see what I mean? This is what empowerment looks and feels like, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's like a lot of times too, almost easier when not like easier, but I guess for me right now, almost easier when the thought, like the monkey brain is happening when I'm physically alone and by myself. And it's like, I'm able to start separating myself from the thought and like reframing it and choosing differently and, you know, not letting my feelings actually drive my actions and whatever, when I'm alone and like go down you know, the rabbit hole per Mm -hmm. se. And I think that's why it almost comes back to, to like how you said, like when someone's like triggering you, it's almost that where it's, to me, I always feel like, oh, it happened so fast Mm -hmm. that I don't realize that my mood is changing because of how, like, I don't, there's not even the opportunity to like pause in my head Mm -hmm. when I'm just in a conversation with someone. And like, yeah, when I'm alone, that later that day I can realize what happened. Like, oh, like I was being sensitive because I'm insecure, because I think I'm not good enough. Maybe let me like think about that for the future. Whereas like maybe before it would take like a week, a month to realize that that was a sensitivity insecurity. But I'd like for, you know, as someone who isn't completely spiritually connected in that sense yet, for me, I'm like, you really can like think before you like mid conversation, I'm like, no way. Like, that's crazy. You can, and you are, I mean, you'll shorten the gap between that for yourself as you keep going, you know? And the fact of the matter is, is I'm truly unwilling to give up my state, you know, to anybody. And so Mm. that gets challenging. I have a seven-year-old and, you know, to tell the truth, she's like super dysregulated, <laughs> she's this is part of her how she moves through the world and she's just like she's like a little just you know just everything every part of her is all is everywhere and, and she's and it really she's one of my great teachers because I can come out of meditation and then I have to, and then I'm with her and she's tearing the house apart and she's using <laughs> using foul language and she's like it's just part of her behaviors that she has at this time and it's like I can choose sometimes I can't and let's be real sometimes you can't I'm no like paragon of how it works, but I do, I have cultivated, like I'm unwilling to give my state up even for you. And so, Mm. you know, she's probably the last stop on the train, but everybody else knows me for the most part as like very measured, very like, you know what, I need a moment. I'm going to walk away. I need self-care. I'll be back. Everyone knows in like in the beginning, people would say, why are you walking away? And I'm like, because this is best for me and you right now. This is the best. Mm. This is the tool that it can be awkward and you can do it in a, in a, um, ungraceful way. It's absolutely fine to be like, I'll get back to you on this. You know, please take the time you need to do that when you're creating a new behavior. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have, you can take a straight hard left if you need to at any point, you know, when you're creating these new ways of managing your feelings, your triggers and your emotional life. So it doesn't have to be elegant. And the point that I'm saying is that I am unwilling to give up my state for anyone. And so if that's my truth and that's my baseline, then I have to back that up. So mm. if, because I've, I've, I, I start getting, if start, something starts to, I can feel the emotion in my body. I can feel the contraction happening because it feels like a tightness. Then I start to notice it. Like you said before, we just start to aw- have awareness around it. And then I'm in a conversation and I understand it's not about the person over that that's triggering that. It's about, there's something, something going on within me. And then I start to get curious. Ooh, What's going on? What's happening? So the focus isn't on them and what they're saying and how, why are they saying this and what, you know, they don't get it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm stopped being externally focused and I start being internally directed. Wow. Like a, like a detective, what's happening? Where are you at? Ooh, yeah, that's tight. There's something here for you. Like that's the conversation that happens. So that's training. 
Again, there's going to be hair triggers. You're going to lose your shit sometimes. It's just going to happen, right? But we keep trying. We keep coming with patience, compassion, tolerance, love towards ourselves. And then that extends towards others. Obviously, when we treat ourselves that way, when we show up that way, I'm modeling that for my seven-year-old and I'm modeling that in my, my relationship, you know? So it's like, we're all just supporting each other, but it starts with how you speak to yourself and how you manage yourself, you know? And sometimes we need new tools and what worked before doesn't work anymore. And so we're constantly evolving and it's okay to say, just like me discovering hypnosis, I need another, I'm ready for an up level. Mm. Let me try this new modality. I mean, I love, I love that. I literally am like, oh my gosh, I get it now. I mean, I'm going to forget in like 30 minutes, but now I know what to come back to at least because it makes total sense. Like it really does make total sense because, you know, it's even like, even when we say like, there's like no magic pill, I'm like, okay, but let me just double check with her. You know, if you have any, um, you know, five tips for coping with insecurities. I'm like, just make sure to give me all five though, before you leave, because I I need all five of them, you know? And I'm like, is, is it all in there? Is there anything else? Are you sure there's no magic pill? Because we want that so bad. And it's, it obviously requires doing so much work, like internally and getting curious about that. And I think maybe I started getting a little curious just naturally with the awareness, but you know, that's where the fear comes in. Cause it's, you know, it's like how you said you had to go in the darkness sometimes. And it's like, well, wh- why would I want to go there? Like that's right. yeah, like, it, that's the chest it. tightness. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think I, I hate that saying that like, um, pain is the spiritual touchstone of progress. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. horrible. Why? If you're in a conversation with yourself in the universe, like to get the woo out here, like it doesn't, you don't have to be hit over the head to, to, you know, have to make changes. It can really just be little tweaks and adjustments, you know, and this, this, you know, hard work that I mentioned about noticing your thoughts, like it starts to be interesting. It starts to make your internal life interesting. And then the external is less interesting because that's the fucking matrix anyway. You know what I mean? Like we're supposed to, the matrix wants us to get pulled off of our center. It wants us to buy this and that and need this and want to aspire to that and it's not out there. It's right here. It's right here, right now. You have everything you need. And if you don't have it, then go find it and then start using that. And But come back to you. You know, there's no guru. There's no false idols. There's no celebrity. Nobody has your solution. They might have, like, might be a lighthouse. And that's how I kind of see myself is like, hey, over here, here's some cool tools for you to try this. You know, like, that's all I'm doing. And I'm pointing you back to you. I'm mirroring, holding up the mirror. That's how I work in my practice, you know? And I'm just like, this might work. That might work. Try this. How does this tool work? How about this when you're in your back up against the wall? You know, that's all we're just doing is helping each other come home to ourselves, you know? Um, so that's kind of how I see that. And you talked about fear and we talked about faith. And that's another thing that um, I feel like the two can coexist. I don't think we're fearful people. We have an autonomic nervous system. We have a reptilian brain. You know, we're going to be in fear for survival. The -hmm. thing that we don't want is to be run by that. Um, You know, and the subconscious mind is directly connected to the autonomic nervous system. So it sends the fight and flight all the time. And that's not a way to live. So I think what we can do is keep edging faith in when we're feeling fear. I don't think you have to replace it. I don't think, I think they can coexist nicely together. I think we just notice fear. Oh, wow. I'm really fearful right now. Do you, do you notice how I'm always modeling how we, I speak to myself? Like mm-hmm. that kindness, someone modeled that for me. And that was a big part of my healing. I was speaking to myself as I would a child that I love and that I care about. And that's why, you know, I do a lot of inner child work with my people, you know, that come through because if you can't speak to the adult in you that way, then let's find the child because you will. When once you see that little girl and you get a glimpse of her beauty and her purity, it's going to be very easy for you to parent her and address her because she's the one that sometimes has the shit tantrums. You know what I mean? That's like throwing down. <laughs> so you want to get her in check and you want to connect with her and there's a tenderness there. And so that's a big part of it. So you know, you, you speak to that part of you and you and you get curious. Like I mentioned before, you just what's what's up for you, sweetie? What's going on? Oh, you're really triggered right now. I see that. Mm-hmm. What do you need? What can I get you? What'll feel good? 
what'll, 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 what do you really need? Not feel good, like Netflix and chill. There's a time and a place for that, but like what, what's going to give you that feeling that you're looking for? Cause it's really, I don't know how to say this, but it's a God sized hole, right? It's a source sized hole that we're constantly trying to fill through everything else, through relationships, yeah. this, that. And so what, um, what will bring you closer to that, you know? And it doesn't mean we want to do bypasses and meditate when we're angry. And, you know, some of those things aren't the way either, or doing the Palo Santo we talked about when you're like, not giving a voice to your fear. It's like, we want to embrace all of our humanity and then use all these things as just props on the way that are fun. I mean, I love singing bowls. I'm about to do a course that's starting in a couple of weeks and we're going to be doing sound baths and I'm excited about it. It's my favorite one. Um, I've done a few, but this is it's called the relationship triumvirate and it's relationship to self, which mm-hmm. we've spoken about. It's so, so important. And we do that for a few weeks and then we do hypnosis and we do meditations and we do excavate how, you know, what that relationship looks and feels like right now. And then we move into how to show up in a relationship in your life and where do you have boundary issues? Where are there unmet expectations that turn to resentments? Like, Mm. so you're in that quadrant. And then we move into relationship to something greater and we all have that. We're working with something, whatever it could be, nature, love, it could be God's source, however you define angels. I don't know what but we could always use an up-leveling and that should be growing alongside us. What worked for you five, 10 years ago shouldn't actually really be working for you anymore because hopefully you've grown and your definitions have expanded. And so we kind of get into that a little bit. So it's those three relationships. And I find that when those things are in balance and how we show up for those, our purpose comes, you know, our, um, our, uh, sense of peace and calm and and all those things click into place because we know who we are. We know how we're operating in these three quadrants in our, in our life. I love that so much. I want to touch on really quick too, just out of pure like realization that I actually don't fully know why it's important because I know the relationship parts of it that you just mentioned, but the sound bath of all of it, Mm. I realize I've never actually asked, like I've been at wellness retreats and I've like seen it as an option. I know it's popular, but like, actually, I don't know why. Because sound cuts through, but it's sound has its own vibration. Sound carries codes. Sound can laser through the, um, wanderings of the mind. It can clean and clear you know, energetic knots. It's, um, it's just a very powerful tool. I use tuning forks. I use bowls. I have, I sing mantras. I think it's been around for so long because it really can laser through kind of the twists and turns of the mind and clogging of spirit and inner field and all, all those kinds of things. So that's why we do an immersion because it can drop you into states of being Mm. in, it's just one more way, just like meditation does. It's just another, another way to do that. It's so funny. Cause like a lot of times too, when I like to like play like devil's advocate in my head, just like as a host and whatever, to make sure Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best as well. I always think like of, okay, let me find like the negative example, like Basically, my thought was like, yeah, like when you think of like hearing like nails on a chalkboard, like that, like literally physically makes you feel something. Right. Right. And it like shows just like in my brain, I'm like, oh, see, like sound like it has a powerful reaction. Like, but I just I find it so interesting that my brain automatically goes to like to prove it to myself Mm -hmm. to this like horrible (laughs) example, just because it's like the most believable. I don't know if it's because. I don't know, like, but I, I don't think I'm a super negative person, but I think it's like the most easily understood thing in my brain. Things. You question things and there's nothing wrong with that. You don't want to take what I say as fact. You know, that's my experience of a sound. Someone else might not like the sound of a sound bowl. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think like you think about what our kids listen to and stuff. I sound like an old person. What are our kids listen to? <laughs> you know, um, but you think like those beats that they listen to and what that's doing and the twerking, like just like all that, that's creating, it's a certain, 
energy in a certain chakra, you know, most mm-hmm. of the lower lower is not bad, right? We need the root chakra. We just like, we just like blow out with consciousness all the time. We need all of them. And so sound kind of balances and regulates all those chakras. But if you're only listening to one kind of music, you know, um, you're activating that one and then it's out of balance. So it's just thinking about all those things and finding your own way. There's no one way. And if you don't like bowls and tuning forks, that's not your way, sister. You know what I mean? So I think, I think we just have to give ourselves a lot of grace and, um, there's no one way on this path, but I will say what I have learned is it's loving yourself so much and not just what, how we say that, like on a t-shirt and oh, self-care and like bath time. And like, it's not just that it's, how do you speak to yourself? How are you showing up for yourself? How do you contextualize everything that's happening for your highest good in your life? And if it's not, move it out. Where is your courage? Where, how is your um, self-respect? All those parts and pieces. And then opening up to um, spirit alongside that. It's just as important. I love that so much. And so when you work with people as a life coach, I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, different in some way, just from the personalized aspect of it, from, you know, giving a wellness retreat or like a large talk. And so what, how would you describe like your experience kind of like when people come to you and like, do you find that it's obviously without like personal details, but like underlying like similar when people are like come to you for like life coaching? Is it for you as the life coach? Are you like, oh, like everyone's kind of all struggling with this like same underlying problem or is it really like you have to kind of not obviously you're going to work with them personally but you know like everyone's a different challenge in some way but is everyone kind of like on this human level like struggling with essentially a lot of the same stuff I think so I think we're all just trying to understand ourselves and you know, who we are in relation to the world we live in and all the quadrants of, you know, sectors of our life and the roles we play. And so that links us in humanity, in our humanity, and even on in the political and even in the medical at this time, we're all, everyone's trying to find what they can do to keep themselves safe, to um, be sovereign, you know, and that's a big word that's tossed around, but it really means of how do you answer to yourself and your own sense of dignity in your own personal journey. And so this is a time to really drill down into that in all those contexts and to release any old tethers that don't uh, serve anymore, any uh, do it because I said so's and any really dialing into what resonates for you and why and come up with your own path on this, at this period of time, this is, this is very essential. So doing this work, you, if you're here at this time and you're even listening to this podcast, like you are here to, um, you're a big part of this movement that's happening of people awakening to themselves and questioning things and releasing old timelines and releasing, you know, um, paths that are closing and opening and people are moving. And it's like, what an incredible time to be alive. And you could look at it through one lens of, wow, everything's falling apart. But another lens is like, wow, we're building something new. I don't know what it is yet. We're in a hallway, but the way through the hallway is anchoring into yourself and turning away from the noise, from the drama, from any negativity, from being um, manhandled, if you will, through programming and, and sources of information that don't promote your autonomy. Those are important things at this time to really um, go through those filters and find your own truth. I love that so much. I feel like I could talk to you for like literally a million hours, probably because I need life coaching. I mean, just wild guess. I would be shocked if I did, right? But thank you literally so much. Thank oh, you so, so much. Where can yeah. everyone just like get more inspiration, whether it's life coaching, social media, mm-hmm. just everything from you? Well, if you're listening to this and it's before October 6th, 
come into my course. I, this is my favorite place, my favorite container right now is just to have a group of women together and us excavating those three relationships. So that starts October 6th, that runs for 12 weeks. So that's on my website, which is ryanhaddon.com. And then I write a lot on Instagram. It's kind of my home, you know, of sorts. And I have a beautiful community there. And that's um, ryan.haddon. So come find me. Let's chat. Love to get to know you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Mood. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. You can follow along at Mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram or just me at Lauren Elizabeth as well on Instagram. You can still shop merch. We have a restock coming up and we have a holiday collection. So get excited at shoplaurenelizabeth.com. Make sure to let me know what you liked about this podcast episode. Tag me so I can repost whether you're wearing the merch, listening to the podcast, loving the Instagram. I love our community that we've built, you guys. I'm so grateful. I adore each and every one of you. And I will talk to you next week. Boost your mood. Bye.